Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Kay Stout. Kay is the executive director of PAWS in Venita, Oklahoma. Kay has eight plus years animal rescue experience and 15 plus years experience as a corporate consultant. She has built effective networks that now transfer to Dumb Friends League 1,500 plus homeless pets each year. She's a member of the Save Lives Unite Oklahoma Initiative for Oklahoma to be a humane state for dogs and cats by 2025. She advocates out-of-state transfer for the thousands of homeless, unwanted pets in Oklahoma and promotes affordable spay-neuter programs. Kay, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. So does PAWS mean anything? Is that an acronym for something specific? Yes, it is. It was the dream of three leaders in the Oklahoma community to have a shelter. And so it's called the Peaceful Animal Adoption Shelter. We opened it in 2015, broke ground in 2014. And I quickly realized we couldn't be a shelter. I had 50 dogs. I had 75 cats. I had 150 dogs waiting to come in owner surrender. And I had over 150 cats waiting to come in owner surrender. And nobody's walking through our door. So I had to go to a plan B, which I didn't know was. I just Mm -hmm. started driving and thinking and researching. Uh, I reached out to a colleague that I had met at a conference named Roger Haston, and he's now with PetSmart Charities, told him my challenge and what I was facing. And he put me in touch with Bob Rohde, who was the CEO at Dumb Friends League at the time. And I explained everything to Bob and, of course, sent him all the applicable emails, etc. And he said, we don't take from shelters. And I said, well, you'll take from mine. And he said, I'll give you three tries. And I said, you've got it. So we took the cream of the crop. We did everything we could. And that became a friendship and a trusted partnership in 2016 when he challenged a group of us in rescue here in Oklahoma that he could take 60 dogs every week. And I just looked at him and said, we'll send you 30. And he said, okay, you're on. And then I came back to pause and said, we've got to send 30 dogs a week. And they said, how? And I said, we're going to figure it out. And we did. That started it. We send cats as often as Dumb Friends League needs them, but we do extensive spay neuter of cats locally. And we do a TNR program because the dogs are in high demand in Colorado, but cats aren't because they reproduce so rapidly. Mm -hmm. And we're now a resource center. We can't change our name. But we are now helping 15 rural municipal shelters in Oklahoma achieve no-kill of adoptable dogs because they can come to our rescue. They're programmed to come in. They know which weeks of every month they come in, and they bring their dogs in on Monday and Tuesday, and they go out Tuesday night, weather permitting. They're in Dumb Friends League Wednesday morning. The average stay for one of our dogs is four and a half days. Some of the dogs are adopted as they come off the bus because people are lined up waiting for them. So we've built a tremendous following. And I love Facebook. That's been a key factor in that following. And so for me, when I first opened Pause and was trying to figure this out, I had two community leaders and I felt that if we started with the community cats, I could build some credibility with these people. And it was an easier solution for the challenges we faced at the shelter. Mm -hmm. And so I engaged them and got them on board. They were more than happy to do it. And we started spay-neuter of cats in the community. And that brought 
awareness of what spay neuter could do in your community. And then as I did each additional program, I didn't get a pushback from either the veterinarians or the people. And when I look back on it, that was the right step for me to take in a rural community was to find two leaders who supported a cause. In this case, it was community cats and then build from that. Because in a small town like this, if you do good, everybody knows it. And if you do bad, everybody knows it. Mm -hmm. So you want to start out good. So you, in, your, in terms of your strategy, you found local ambassadors that would help yes. to advocate for your cause. And so it wasn't you individually going to 17 different communities or whatever the number was that you'd mentioned. It sounded like a pretty large number because okay. small communities can be very hard to convince in adjusting their behaviors. But it sounded like you really only had to, or not only, only in capital letters, convince 30, 35 people mm-hmm. that what you were offering was a benefit for the community and then you let them help advocate that information. It also helped, Stacy, because the board that was put together by the founders in a rural community, they had the three top people that you need. They had the editor of the newspaper, the chief of police, and the leading veterinarian. And those people were on board with giving me a chance. You know, So there was no criticism from them as I'm starting this program. And that is huge because those people are the pillars of your community. And in a large town, it can maybe, for me, if you live in Edmond, Oklahoma, but work in Norman... There's a huge disconnect, so people do not necessarily know what you're doing. But in a town like Vanita, rural communities, everybody knows within 20 minutes. And having those leaders okay or not necessarily blessed because the veterinarian wasn't on board yet. He was cooperative, but he wasn't on board. Once they all became cooperative, it just sailed beautifully. Mm-hmm. And when I look back, I would say that was the second best decision that or the best set of rules that I had in order for it to move forward was the fact that I had the leading people in the community professionally also being supportive. And one of those really was the chief of police because he knew immediately what I wanted to do. He got it and his officers got it. And that helped tremendously as well, because this whole facility and everything we're doing was started because a policeman shot the cat of one of the members' mothers. So it was Tony. And when they shot the cat, she was so angry that she started a letter to the editor, which started everything for pause. And then I came in as the executive director. So with the chief of police on board, it moved things very quickly. So I'm going to drill down a little bit more on the details of what you're talking about here. So the first person you had on board was the chief of police. Specifically, what are you offering the communities? Are you offering free spay neuter for community cats? Or are you just offering access to resources? I always find when I've spoken to community leaders, it's nice to have some sort of a sort of carrot in my back pocket. And I'll say, well, you know, I have X dollars of funding that, that we can facilitate to bring in the community for some subsidized whatever. Did you have a carrot with you when you were talking with these folks? Absolutely. I had a philanthropist who trusted me. I went to the the family probably early October after we'd opened and everything was so chaotic. And I said, I'm not sure I have all the answers for this facility, but if you'll trust me and give me a couple of years, I'll find the answers. And they said, we'll trust you. That gave me the financial security that I could solve the problem without worrying about, are we going to make the payments? Are we going to do payroll? All the things that can make executive directors go bald. Mm -hmm. And that made the key difference. And then once I knew that, then I started reaching out for the grants. And I found one small Oklahoma foundation. They happened to like the spay neuter and they happened to like cats. And they gave me a small grant. And then I started posting 
frequently on our Facebook page, also in the newspaper, the positive things that were happening because of this grant. Then the next year, I got grants from two different organizations. Honestly, for us here today, if you live within the city limits of Vanita, your spay neuters are free either for community cats or owned cats because we have HSUS's Pets for Life program. But now I'm extended the community cats or the low-cost spay neuter to any zip code that touches us. So I'm expanding it that way. The grantors know this and they're fine with that. But looking back on it, if somebody had said to me, you have to make it financially sustainable at the local level, it would have been built differently, but I would have used the churches more, church secretaries, those kinds of people who can be amazing followers and funnel people to you so that you don't have to engage staff to identify the people. I mean, there's 100 churches within a 20-mile radius of Benita. <laughs> and I sent a letter to everyone, by the way, so that all 100 churches knew what we were doing. And all of those things just played together. But to get it started, Stacy, in the rural communities, if you have one funder that will believe in you and give you a two-year run to get started, then it gives you the chance to get that ball rolling and then picking up speed because of the success. Today's episode is sponsored by Space Kitty Express, your one-stop shop for exotic cat drugs. Everyone's heard of catnip, but what about valerian root, tatarian honeysuckle, or silver vine? Space Kitty Express specializes in offering these hard-to-find catnip alternatives, both in their herbal form and stuffed into a variety of reusable toys. Their herbs are 100% pure, not like those quote-unquote catnip blends you might find in a pet store. Their Tartarian Honeysuckle Wood is cut fresh and kept frozen to lock in its citrusy scent. Their Silver Vine exudes a mintiness that tingles the nostrils. Their organic valerian root is so musky that they've had to blend it with organic lemongrass so that human noses can tolerate it. Cats can definitely tell the difference between these quality herbs and that stale catnip from the big box store. Visit SpaceKittyExpress.com and watch videos from satisfied feline customers. Use coupon code COMMUNITYCATS, all one word, at checkout to receive 10% off your purchase. That's SpaceKittyExpress.com with coupon code COMMUNITYCATS. Doesn't your cat deserve the best? Spoil them today at SpaceKittyExpress.com. <coughs> Provet Logic, based in Scottsboro, Alabama, provides educational support and product solutions to professional pet care providers and pet parents throughout the country. As a licensed veterinary medical continuing education provider, ProVet Logic provides a variety of educational tools designed to help cat care providers create a cleaner and safer environment for both the cats in their care and the care providers. To learn more about ProVet Logic, please visit www.provetlogic.com or call 800-869-4789. So, Kat, I'm going to actually take a step back. Sure. Looking at your bio here, too, you were a corporate consultant. Have you mm-hmm. have you always been a huge animal lover, or what were you doing as a corporate consultant, and what made you make that change into animal welfare? I've always been an animal lover. My children were recognized in any community we lived in as, if you are a stray dog, please go to the house, this house, because <laughs> they'll take care of you. And I had a real good, I mean, cat. We had the cats. Mm-hmm. And then I had a good friend who had the dogs. So we used to think they met at some garbage can somewhere. And they go, well, you're homeless? Well, you need to go over to Lynn's house. Oh, you're a cat? You're homeless? Well, you need to go to Kay's house. <laughs> because we just took in stray animals. And I've always had a, a pet, always, all my life. And my kids always had pets. And, you know, they slept in our beds. They were part of the family, that that whole routine. And in the corporate world, as a consultant, I worked with predominantly executives, but I was helping them 
when their careers were going to have to take a new direction, either because of an acquisition merger, they were selling whatever that was. It was called outplacement. And so I worked with executives and helped them realign where their next step was going to be. So that was problem solving. I was solving a problem. I was listening to a problem and helping them find a solution. I had semi-retired from that business and was just doing it occasionally when a friend of mine asked me if I would go to Second Chance in Norman. They were in desperate need of an executive director. And so I did. My vision didn't match theirs. So after three years, I understood why they said, we don't really want you anymore. And I left because I could see solutions and they didn't want solutions. They just wanted to keep doing what they're doing. They do it well, but they don't particularly want to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Then somebody recommended me for this position up here and I interviewed and they offered me the job. I love the animal side of this because I'm saving animals. For me, on a very personal level, level, Stacey, it's because in 2011, I lost two of my three children. And so I save dogs and cats because it makes me feel good. It is amazing what animals can do for us. And you are definitely a big picture thinker. I can tell just in the way that we're talking here. You've become part of this initiative to have Oklahoma be main state for cats and dogs by 2025. Can you clarify or specifically define what does that mean? There is a huge initiative by Best Friends and uh, the Kirkpatrick Foundation for this to be a humane state for dogs and cats by 2025. They've kind of put a stake in the ground and they said, we're going to do this then. I think it was April of last year. I went to the Collective Impact Convening Conference in Austin, Texas, and learned about Collective Impact, which helps facilitate large challenges like this. And so I came back going, okay, I get that. The ultimate goal for the Kirkpatrick Foundation and other foundations as well, Watershed, other foundations that are very involved in our our, uh, state, is for the state to be a humane state for all animals. And so we're talking about cows, pigs, horses, chickens, and so on. My focus on the committee is for dogs and cats only, because we know if you first start with the pets, then maybe you can go to the next level if it's going to work. And I can say that with appropriate funding, the rural communities who want to participate could be deemed safe and humane or have a 90% live release rate from their municipal shelters by 2025 if they follow the protocol and the programs that we have and we find the funders to support it because the process works. You don't see stray dogs in Vanita anymore like you did and you don't see stray cats. You just don't. So as you're looking at at a whole statewide initiative, got the smaller area, the smaller target area of Vanita, and you've had your successes there. How does that translate over the whole state? That's the goal for 2025. What do you think 2025 looks like for your average community cat in Oklahoma? I think you will find that those people who are currently our partners will be the first ones to achieve that and that the community cats portion of that probably could come more quickly than it it can be for the pets just because of how different it is to administer it because you don't have to find a home, et cetera, et cetera. They have a home. You just need to fix them so they don't enlarge their family. And so the rural communities that are currently our partners, those communities are beginning to sit up and take notice of the change in the unwanted dogs no longer roaming the streets. So it's much easier then to come in and talk about your community cats and your cats as the next level because they've already seen the benefit of what we've been able to do in getting dogs transported out. And once they see that, then when you talk spay-neuter to them, they get it. 
honestly, I have one of the key veterinarians recognized in the state, and he lives here in Vanita, and he'll be a spokesperson to tell everybody that he likes these programs. And he was the one who said to me when I first moved here, he said, if you ever bring in low-cost spay-neuter, or you take dogs to a spay-neuter clinic, we will run you out of town. And I said, got it. And he stood up in Rotary about three months ago and said, I just want everybody to know, Pets for Life, low-cost pet overpopulation are good programs, and PAWS is running them. And I about fell out of my chair. (laughs) (laughs) But it was because most people, Stacy, if you just start doing good and don't say anything about it, you just do it, they begin to take notice. I think what hurts us so often in rescue is the passion gets in the way of progress. And you get in my face and I don't like it. And then I start pushing back, not because I don't agree with you. It's because I don't like the way you're getting in my face. I just learned that if I don't get in your face and I just quietly do what I feel is right, if you agree, you're going to join. And if you don't, that's okay. But then I don't waste time, energy, and money trying to convince you because you've already made up your mind you don't like me. And I don't think, I think too many people in rescue don't understand that. It's a politics. I understand that. They don't understand how important that aspect is to, to achieve success. You need to be nice even to people who, with whom you may not agree, if you both share a love of animals. And when you do, then you find a common ground. I really don't get any pushback anymore. And it's finally fun. It's, it's finally fun and rewarding. And that was my goal. <laughs> it's fun and rewarding. I agree with you with that statement, too, because I found if you just focus on your actions or doing the doing, Mm -hmm. oftentimes people will see based on your actions, they'll learn more from that than from any verbal convincing that you could ever do. Yeah, you can't convince somebody with words. If they either don't agree with you or don't like you, if they don't agree with you, pretty soon they won't like you either. Those got to go hand in hand. But if you just get in somebody's face, they're going to push back basically because you're in their face and they feel cornered. They're going to fight back. I've learned that if you don't do it that way, if you just, as you said, do it with your actions quietly. And when they don't agree with you, you listen and say, I appreciate you sharing your information and you don't tell them what you think. You may think the information is really bad, but you don't tell them that. Mm-hmm. And you just kept doing, keep doing good. Eventually somebody goes, you know, that's a good program. Wow. And you slowly get people on board. And I'm sure there may be a few people in Vanita who don't like our community cats program, but our TNR, we call it TNR, but they don't say anything anymore because they're so far outnumbered. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yep. I, I think you and I both tend to be sort of perpetual optimists. Mm-hmm. And we carry ourselves that way. I mean, I used to have the conversation with veterinarians about early age spay neuter. And I'd be like, Oh, you don't do it? Well, you know, Sally down the streets doing it. And so and they'd be like, really? And, and then they would think about doing pediatric spay and neuter on the kittens for us. And so it's sort of like you just sort of try and have a conversation and inform them not pressuring, but you know, just let letting folks sort of ruminate on things. So, you know, I'd say from both of our standpoints, we maybe don't carry that negative Nelly hat too much. But are there any challenges that you see up ahead down that road for the benefit of the cats and the dogs out there? Do you see a roadblock or does that yellow brick road look really golden to you? The yellow brick road looks golden to me, but it's because I understand the necessity of having barn cats. Mm -hmm. I understand the necessity of having community cats. And then I understand how 
important your pets are to you. What's going to hurt us down the road is going to require investigation and legislation in that Oklahoma has a huge number of, they have commercial breeders for dogs, not cats, but for dogs, a lot of backyard breeders, and we have more than our fair share of dog fighting rings. So at that next level, it's going to become, the challenge is going to become for people at, that are at a different level than I am on addressing the truly illegal things that are going on. But for those things that are a part of our community, I just see it as it's going to be a win-win for all of us. And people are really beginning to see that here, which gives me hope for the other communities that are our partners. Because those other communities that are our partners already have established credibility with everybody in their community that we, PAWS or whoever else is going to do this, we're good people and our programs are good. Yeah, I have a story to tell finally. It took me a little over two years to get the story together. But I have a story to tell that most of the time people shake their heads yes with me. Because if I start telling you the story, Stacy, and you're either looking at me with a questioning look or you're kind of shaking your head, I'm not going to keep telling the story because you've already said you don't want to hear it. Interesting. Very interesting. And I agree with you. And I think some of the comments that you brought up are very concerning, but yet dealing with the backyard breeders and the dog issues, that's very challenging stuff for folks to deal with. If folks are interested in finding out more about Save Lives Unite Oklahoma and also the work that you're doing, Kay, how would they reach out to you or your organization's reach out to me. And then if I need to send it to another person within the organization, I can quickly do that. I think that's the easiest way at this point. We don't have a an email address and a website presence on Save Lives Unite Oklahoma that can be a central place to view information. So send it to director at pause, P-A-A-S, Vanita, V-I-N-I-T-A dot com. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? The one thing I would like to share with everybody, and I would hope they would remember, is that if you can first find common ground on something you disagree with, you're more likely to come up to a solution. Please do not get in the face of somebody you disagree with because progress will stop and it may never, ever start again. And that is tragic because you've lost the lives of dogs and cats who are waiting for you to save them. Excellent. Well, Kay, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. I hope well before 2025, maybe we'll we'll have you on again in a year or so. And you can uh, tell us how things are looking for those community cats. I absolutely would love to anytime. I, as I told you, I love radio and podcasts because you don't have to be dressed up and, you know, you can just talk. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I know. We could both be in our pajamas and we wouldn't even know it. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me. It was fun. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for sending in those iTunes reviews. We really appreciate it. Here's another review that I just want to share with everybody. It's from LVicky11. So informative. I just listened to two episodes and learned so much. I've been rescuing cats for several years and considered myself pretty informed. But in one hour, I learned even more. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you are listening to the show, Vicki. I hope you'll tune into some more shows. Keep on learning. That's the name of the game. Keep sending in those reviews. Send me a screenshot of your review. I will send you a Community Cats podcast t-shirt if you send me your size and your mailing address. If you've already submitted a review and you haven't received a t-shirt, please send me a screenshot or just let me know who you are and I'm happy to send you a t-shirt. My email is stacy at communitycatspodcast.com. Thanks, everybody. Ah!